0: The epistle for this fourth Sunday of Lent is taken from St. Paul's letter to the Galatians. Brethren, it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondwoman and the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise, which things are said by an allegory. For these are the two testaments, the one from Mount Sinai engendering unto bondage, which is Agar, For Sinai is a mountain in Arabia, which has affinity to that Jerusalem which now is, and is in bondage with her children. But that Jerusalem which is above is free, which is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, thou barren that bearest not. Break forth and cry, thou that travailest not. For many are the children of the desolate, more than of her that has a husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of the promise." But as then he that was born according to the flesh persecuted him that was after the spirit, so also it is now. But what says the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not the children of the bondwoman, but of the free, by the freedom wherewith Christ has made us free. Please stand for the gospel. The Gospel is taken from the sixth chapter of the Gospel of St. John. At that time Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is that of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because they saw the miracles which he did on them that were diseased. Jesus therefore went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Pasch, the festival day of the Jews, was near at hand. When Jesus therefore had lifted up his eyes and seen that a very great multitude comes to him, He said to Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to try him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that everyone may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, says to him, There is a boy here that has five barley loaves and two fishes, but what are these among so many? Then Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in that place. The men therefore sat down in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to them that were set down. In like manner also of the fishes, as much as they would. And when they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, lest they be lost. They gathered up, therefore, and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above to them that had eaten. Now those men, when they had seen what a miracle Jesus had done, said, This is of a truth, the prophet, that it is to come into the world. Jesus, therefore, when he knew that they would come to take him by force and make him king, fled again into the mountain himself alone. Please be seated. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Dear Reverend Father, dear faithful, in the Old Testament, we read the story about the patriarch, Joseph. And what we learned was that Joseph was an incredible administrator. His talents as an administrator were noticed very quickly in almost every situation in which he found himself. As I'm sure you know, he was betrayed by his own brothers And he was sold to the Egyptians. And there was a certain Egyptian by the name of Putifar that purchased him as his slave. Putifar was the captain of the bodyguard of Pharaoh. He was in charge of Pharaoh's secret service. And as soon as Putifar bought this new Hebrew slave, he recognized that he had incredible administrative ability, and so he put Joseph over in charge of all of his possessions in order to take care of them. Here's what scripture said, he placed them in charge of his household and entrusted all of his property to him so that Joseph could manage his property. Then later on, Joseph was thrown into prison after being falsely accused And when he was a prisoner, there in the prison, the warden noticed that he was a great administrator. And what the warden did is he put Joseph in charge of the entire prison and had a prisoner manage the entire prison. Again, Scripture says, Genesis says, everything that was done there was under the management of Joseph. How did Joseph get out of prison? Joseph got out of prison by being called to interpret a dream of Pharaoh, which he interpreted. And when he interpreted that dream, which predicted seven years of famine and seven years of plenty, Pharaoh said, who is it that's going to be able to manage this situation but this man right here who has interpreted this dream? I will put him in charge of basically everything in the land in order to manage the next 14 years what Joseph did was he put the wheat harvest of seven years into barns. And when the famine came, he started to sell the, the wheat to the Egyptians. And when they had no more money, he started to buy their land. And eventually, he bought up all the land of Egypt. And when it came to the end of the famine, basically, the Pharaoh, through Joseph, owned all of the land Of Egypt. Joseph the Patriarch, in his able administration of all things, of households, of peoples, was a type of a New Testament Saint Joseph. And when we say at the end of the litany of Saint Joseph, he made him prince over his household and ruler over all his possessions we're quoting something from Genesis that said about the patriarch Joseph, but we're wanting to apply it to St. Joseph. Because there is a parallel between that patriarch Joseph and the New Testament, St. Joseph. And the parallel is in that administration over a household. Who was it that was appointing St. Joseph, to be ruler over his possessions. Was it the captain of a a bodyguard? Was it a pharaoh, a ruler of a country? No, it was not. With St. Joseph, he was also being appointed to administer possessions. But the one who appointed him was the king of the universe, God himself, The king of reality chose Saint Joseph to be the administrator of certain possessions. What were the possessions that God wanted Saint Joseph to handle and to properly manage and to rule over? Was it wheat in barns? Was it workers? Was the people of a nation? It was not. He entrusted to Saint Joseph the most precious possessions of all Jesus Christ and the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is what God gave to Saint Joseph to rule over, to guard, to protect, to administer. This is the incredible task that he gave to Joseph. I choose you out of all men who have ever lived or who ever will live to rule over the most precious possessions that I have, my own beloved son and my beloved daughter, Mary. How well did St. Joseph do with these infinitely precious possessions confided to him by God. Well, of course, we know that St. That Joseph did extremely well in fulfilling his task, just as the Joseph of old did so well in fulfilling the, the role that had been given to him, so too that St. Joseph, in, in fulfilling the supernatural role that had been given to him, fulfilled it to an incredible degree, and there's three things that I especially want to point out that St. Joseph did, the way in which he fulfilled his role, in order to draw lessons, especially for us men, because St. Joseph is above all an example for men. We men are often entrusted With certain precious possessions by God. God likes to give us things to take care of, to cherish, to protect. And He wants to give us an example of someone who fulfilled this role most perfectly. So, with you fathers, He's entrusted a family to you, He's given you a wife. He's giving you children to cherish, to love, to lead to heaven, to priests like myself. He gives a parish to try to lead the souls of that parish to heaven for as long as as we're meant to, to be at our given assignments. And what we must try to do is to fulfill our roles in the same way that St. Joseph did, as perfectly as St. Joseph did. The first thing that I want to point out about how St. Joseph fulfilled his role is what he did even before he took on his role, before he was given those precious possessions by God. He kind of proved himself capable, worthy, Of being chosen for this highest task given to a mere mortal. You know what we see is that Saint Joseph did not want to take charge of what God did not want to give him. Saint Joseph proved that he was capable of taking on responsibility because he showed that he wanted to follow the will of God in what he did and what he did not do. You know that he was betrothed to Our Lady, and yet she was found with a child. He knew that the child was not his child. and that moment, it became clear to him that it could not be the will of God for him to take this woman that it would not be right before God for him to take this woman, a very difficult decision for St. Joseph to make, to give up this plan of taking Our Lady to be his wife. He struggled with his decision and finally came to the conclusion that, yes, he would have to put her away privately that this was the thing to be done. God did not want him. As far as he could see with his lights, God did not want him to take possession of this woman. And this is very much to Joseph's credit. And all men must have this perspective that they do not take possession of things, that God has not given them to take possession of. Don't take what's not yours when it belongs to God, when God has not entrusted it to you. God has not entrusted to you the women on the Internet. God has not entrusted to you the women in the grocery store. God has not even trusted your girlfriend to you. Only when you have come before the altar... And you vowed your life to that woman. Is she yours? Does God give her to you to have and to hold? And not before then? And if you wait to take possession to that that point, then do you have proven yourself worthy of stepping into that role? This is, as I say, what St. Joseph did. Consider what St. Joseph was going to be asked to do by God by taking Our Lady, something that St. Joseph did not yet know. He did not understand yet. It was not revealed to him yet what his role was going to be. He just had to make the best decisions according to the lights that he had at the moment. But God had a plan. God wanted St. Joseph to do something very, very important, much more important than he could ever imagine. And that was to be the guardian of the virginity of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the protector of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And St. Joseph, by this decision that he would put her away privately, proved himself capable of taking on that role? What is God going to choose you to do in your life? What is he going to ask you to accomplish? What sort of possessions is he going to entrust to you to preserve, to cherish? You don't know. You don't know the whole future. But what you do know is that if you show, first of all, to God that you are in possession of yourself, then God is much more likely to entrust more to you than he would otherwise. If you prove that you are trustworthy, then God will show his confidence in you. The second thing about St. Joseph in The fulfillment of his role is the fact that he willingly took on responsibility. A good man wants to take on responsibility in life. He wants to be entrusted with a task, and the greater the task, the better. He has an ambition to take on a mission in his life. He wants to do something with his life. He wants to accomplish something great. He's going somewhere in his life. And this is the kind of man that St. Joseph was. He wanted to take on a great role. We know that the angel solved St. Joseph's dilemma by appearing to him in a dream. After he had made that decision, that he was going to put Our Lady away privately. The angel appeared to him and let him know the full facts of the situation, which he did not have before. God didn't want him to have the full facts until he had resolved to do the right thing and proved himself. And at that point, he's given the full facts. That which is begotten in her is of the Holy Spirit. She shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And then St. Joseph's like, oh, I see. She is going to be the mother of the Messiah. God is asking me to be the guardian of the Messiah." And her mother. That's the situation. That's the mission of my life that I'm being asked to do. That's not what I expected. I didn't anticipate this, I didn't see this coming. What did St. Joseph do? He did exactly what we always see him doing. He rises up from sleep, and he takes her to wife. He immediately accomplishes what God wants him to do. He's not hesitating. He's not saying, oh, this job seems really big. I don't know if I want to take on this responsibility, this is going to ask a lot of me. I'm not sure if I want to expend myself to that degree in my life. This is going to require a lot of sacrifice from me. We don't see any of that. Joseph, arising from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had commanded to him and took unto him his wife. End of story. He shouldered his responsibilities. He was a man. He did his job. Once he knew what he was supposed to do, he did it. And then the third thing about St. Joseph is his perseverance in what he has decided he's going to do. St. Joseph bore so well, so manfully, the consequences of his choice. Once he accepts this responsibility, even though he doesn't know all of the things it's going to demand of him, whenever something new comes up, some new trial of his role, he immediately steps up and takes it on. He's not grumbling. He's not complaining when some new sacrifice is asked of him, some new thing that he didn't anticipate that it would involve. He knew it was going to be difficult, but he didn't anticipate this would happen. I just want to point out three things that were involved in this role of being the foster father of our Lord that St. Joseph accepts without complaint. And follows through and lives through willingly. The first one is poverty. God wanted to be poor. He wanted to call people to a spiritual life, and to do that, he had to live in poverty. He willfully chose poverty. As a result, St. Joseph had to choose poverty. He had to live a life that was not at all luxurious. And isn't this so often true for men trying to raise a Catholic family in a world that no longer believes in the family, that no longer accommodates Catholic fathers for their ambition to raise a family with all the children that God gives them? They're being called to to live a life that, that is poor than many others because they, they simply accept God's will for the state of life they have chosen. That when they follow through with their responsibilities in their married life, they end up being a lot poor. But spiritually much richer. Then, as you know, Saint Joseph had to suffer. Something that I don't think, I doubt any of us have have experienced, and that is exile. He had to flee in the middle of the night, his own country, go to a land where they spoke a different language, where he had no roots, no business to try to establish himself, to try to survive. We don't know what to admire more in this episode of, of the gospel in, in St. Joseph, whether it was his silence upon being given this command to rise up from sleep and, and go to Egypt, or, or his rapidity. He doesn't hesitate, he doesn't, he doesn't wait, he doesn't ask questions, he just goes. And then we can even think of of the death of St. Joseph. After all of his perfect accomplishment of his beautiful role as foster father of our Lord, protector of Our Lady, he was not called to see the glory of our Lord's public life. Wouldn't it have been nice, we might think, for for St. Joseph to be able to see? Our Lord, walking through Galilee, healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out devils, preaching, after he had seen our Lord grow up all those years. Wouldn't it have been nice for that to be given to him, a great blessing, a great joy for St. Joseph? But it was not to be. God called him before the public life of our Lord. We don't know when. Perhaps sometime between when when our Lord became an adult, when he was 18 and and 30. Perhaps sometime in those years. God called St. Joseph. He was not meant to see those glories. And we know that St. Joseph accepted to pass from this life in the same way that he accepted everything else, with silence and resignation, perfect conformity to the will of God. So my dear faithful, St. Joseph was given by God to be prince over the most precious possessions possible, our Lord Jesus Christ and the Blessed Virgin Mary. And the way that he did that is such a beautiful example to us men, in the things that God entrusts us to do in this life, in the fact that St. Joseph did not take possession, he did not seek to take possession of what was not his, that he embraced his mission when it came, even though it implied a huge responsibility, and then lastly that he bore manfully all the sacrifices involved in that mission as they came along. So let us entrust ourselves during this month, during this year of St. Joseph to him in the same way that our Lord and our Lady entrusted themselves to him. Uh, And as I say, we men especially to ask St. Joseph to give us this strength to fulfill the role that God has given us in this life, to take the things that God has given us, to cherish, to guard them, to lead them to the goal that God has set for them, through the graces that we receive through that intercession of blessed St. Joseph. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.